Hey gang, it's Grant. We're back with part two of Sleepy by Anton Chekhov. Dave's going to be reading that second part of that for us in just a moment. Um, thanks for joining us during this time of quarantine. We've got a few more stories, plans, and we're going to continue to do them for um, for as long as we can, as long as you're interested. So let us know. Let you let us know what you like, and enjoy part two. Спать хочется. Sleepy by Anton Chekhov. Translation by Gleb and Mary Struve. Мянка-варка, девочка лет тринадцати, качает колыбель, в которой лежит ребенок. What do you think you're doing, you mangy brat? He says. The baby's crying and you're asleep. He jerks her painfully by the ear and she gives her head a shake, rocks the cradle and purrs her song. The green patch and the shadows from the trousers and the diaper's waver wink at her and soon again take possession of her brain. Again she sees the highway covered with watery mud. The people with bundles on their backs and the shadows have stretched out and are long sound asleep. Looking at them, Varka feels a passionate longing for sleep. What a joy it would be for her to lie down. But her mother, Pilageya, is walking beside her and urging her on. They are both hurrying to town to look for work. Give alms for the love of Christ, her mother begs the passers-by. Be merciful, kind people. Give me the baby! Someone's familiar voice answers her. Give me the baby! Repeats the same voice, but this time angrily and sharply. Asleep, are you, you wretch? Varka jumps up and, looking around, realizes what is going on. There is no highway, no Pilageya, no passers-by. But it is just her mistress, standing in the middle of the room, who has come to feed her baby. While the fat, broad-shouldered woman feeds and soothes the baby, Varka stands watching her and waiting for her to finish. The air outside the windows is already turning blue. The shadows and the green patch on the ceiling grow noticeably paler. It will soon be morning. Take it, says the mistress, fastening the shift on her breast. It's crying. Must have been given the evil eye. Varka takes the baby, puts it in the cradle, and again starts rocking. The green patch and the shadows gradually disappear, and there is now no one to get into her head and befuddle her brain but she still has the same longing for sleep, a terrible longing. Varka lays her head on the edge of the cradle and rocks with her whole body to overcome sleepiness, but she still can hardly keep her eyes open, and her head is heavy. Varka, light the stove! The mistress's voice is heard behind the door. This means that it is already time to get up and set about work. Varka leaves the cradle and runs to the shed for firewood. She is glad. When you run or walk, you are not so sleepy as when you are sitting down. She brings the firewood, lights the stove, and feels her stiffened face relax and her mind clear. Varka, put on the samovar, shouts the mistress. Varka splits some kindling into spills, but she barely has time to light them and shove them into the samovar, 
when a new order rings out. Varka, clean the master's overshoes. She sits down on the floor, cleans the overshoes, and thinks how nice it would be to put her head into a large, deep overshoe and have a little nap in it. And suddenly the overshoe grows, swells, fills up the whole room. Varka lets the brush fall, but immediately gives her head a shake, bulges her eyes and tries to focus them so that the things do not grow and do not move before her eyes. Varka, scrub the front steps. It's shameful for the customers. Varka scrubs the steps, tidies the rooms, then lights the other stove and runs to the store. There is a lot of work, not one free moment. But nothing is so hard as standing still in front of the kitchen table and peeling potatoes. Her head sags down to the table. The potatoes swim before her eyes. Her hands can hardly hold the knife, and besides her, the fat, cross-tempered mistress walks about with her sleeves rolled up, and talks so loudly that Varka's ears ring. It's agony also to serve at the table, to wash, to sew. There are moments when, come what may, she feels like flopping on the floor and sleeping. The day passes. Watching the windows grow dark, Varka presses her stiffening temples and smiles, not knowing why herself. The evening dusk caresses her sticky eyes and promises her speedy, sound sleep. In the evening, the master and mistress have company. Varka, put on the samovar, shouts the mistress. Their samovar is small, and before the guests have their fill of tea, it has to be reheated at least five times. After tea, Varka stands for a whole hour in one place, watching the guests and waiting orders. Varka, run and buy three bottles of beer. She dashes off and tries to run faster to drive away the sleepiness. Varka, run for some vodka. Varka, where's the corkscrew? Varka, clean the herring. But then, at last, the guests are gone, the lights are put out, the master and mistress go to bed. Varka, the last order, rings out. Rock the baby. In the stove, the cricket shrills. The green patch on the ceiling and the shadows from the trousers and the diapers again force their way into Varka's half-open eyes, flicker and befuddle her brain. Boyu, boyushki, boyu, ayapye sinkus, boyu. Rockabye baby, she purrs, I lullaby you. And the baby shrills and is exhausted with shrilling. Varka again sees the muddy highway, the people with bundles, Pilageya, her father, Yefim. She understands everything, recognizes everyone, but through her doze she just cannot understand this force which shackles her hand and foot, weighs down on her, and interferes with her life. She turns round, looks for that force in order to rid herself of it, but cannot find it. At last, exhausted, she strains all her strength and vision, looks up at the flickering green patch, and, listening intently to the shrilling, finds the enemy that interferes with her life. That enemy is the baby. <laughs> she laughs. <laughs> She's surprised. How is it that until now she had failed to understand such a simple thing? 
the green patch, the shadows, and the cricket, too, seem to laugh and be surprised. The false notion takes hold of Varka. She gets up from her stool and, smiling a wide smile, without blinking her eyes, walks about the room. She is pleasantly tickled by the thought that presently she will be rid of the baby which shackles her hand and foot to kill the baby, and then to sleep, 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 laughing, winking at the green patch, and shaking her fingers at it, Varka steals up to the cradle and bends over the baby. Having strangled it, she quickly lies down on the floor, laughing with joy now that she can sleep, and a minute later is already sleeping as soundly as if she were dead. Thanks again of listening with us here at TRWL Podcast. Um, in addition to these short stories that we're putting out during the quarantine, we are continuing to do our full-length normal episodes. So keep your eyes open for that. Share with a friend and uh, take care.